Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading episode 124 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. We are less than two weeks away from our big show, Friday, July 21st at Ruba Club in Philadelphia. It's all part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. It's going to be a great time. We have Maureen Johnson as a guest. She is hilarious and wonderful and talented and smart. Has her own podcast called Says Who that you need to check out, uh, as well as all of the books that she's written. She's award-nominated, y'all. And she's also, just like me, a Philadelphia native returning home to do a show triumphantly. That's up to you because you got to get tickets and show up. Go to bit.ly forward slash we got Philly, or you can go to my website, hallublin.com to get all the details. I don't want to tell you what the topic is going to be, but I can tell you you are going to have very strong opinions about it, and it is going to be a very fun and wide-ranging conversation. That is for sure. Get those tickets. But for now, please enjoy episode 124 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Spider-Man. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. We got this, we got this, asked and answered, it's we got this. Takes a topic any size, breaks it down, comes up with a decision. Hey now, it is Mark. We got this. Hey, all right. How's it going, buddy? (laughs) It's good. Um, I'm in a very, uh, very Spider-Man mood right now. The movie just came out. It's very exciting what's happening. And, uh, so we've been watching, uh, all of the Spider-Man, uh, universe. Including some that, in case you didn't know, our topic is best Spider-Man. Including some that are not going to win. That is true. That is true. Uh, Spider-Man is one of those enduring sort of comic book characters. And we've done best Batman, mm-hmm. who, along with Superman, is the most iconic. Uh, and Wonder Woman are the most iconic DC characters. But Spider-Man, far and away, is the iconic Marvel character. So we thought, in honor of Spider-Man Homecoming now being available uh, in theaters that it's time to discuss the lengthy history of Spider-Man in media and come up with the best Spider-Man like we did with best best Batman. But Mark, I, I want to shortcut us here. Okay. I want to, before you do that, I would like to say, are you, I, I did not realize that Spider-Man would still be considered the absolute uh, pinnacle of the Marvel Universe. I I think he's its heart and soul because I I would agree with that uh, the heart and soul yes but do you think that the ones in the new movies have surpassed Spider-Man the, the has the MCU uh put Spider-Man get, put other people on the pedestal with him You know I don't think so okay. I think that he that if anything they've helped elevate them to be closer to him Right on But you just can't beat Spider-Man he's no. Spider-Man so uh, this is what I propose we do. I, okay. I believe, and tell me if if I'm wrong, I think this is a two-Spider-Man fight, and I think it is a fight between Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and the three Spider-Man films between 2002 and 2007, and Tom Holland, who has now only played Spider-Man in a movie and a third, but who I think deserves consideration to be the best Spider-Man wow. of all. Do you that agree? is a... Uh- <laughs> 
While that is a real disservice to the man in the middle there, Andrew Garfield, and all of the other Spider-Men preceding, I think that it's fair to say, yeah, the preceding Spider-Men aren't going to win it, and Peter Parker wasn't the cool kid in school the way that Andrew Garfield was, who uh, literally snapped his own girlfriend's back murdering her. Now, that, um, that is straight from the comics. I will say, and Jennifer, um, so I took Jennifer. She, I showed her Amazing Spider-Man, and then, Amazing, uh-huh. and then we went to see Amazing Spider-Man 2 in the theaters. And she mm-hmm. really enjoyed – the thing she liked the most that really hooked her in was Gwen Stacy and Spider-Man. Like the, the chemistry right. between those characters and Gwen Stacy and, and Peter Parker. So I knew what was going to happen in the second movie, but I didn't oh, have the no. heart to tell her. And it was it was uh, not a traumatic moment for her, but she was very upset. Well, um, you so you're telling all of our listeners that you deliberately made your wife upset. I'm saying the movie made her upset, and I wanted her to have an authentic movie going experience. <laughs> but because <laughs> I don't that is spoiler. you are a monster. That is a thing a monster says. You know what? She might have been like this was uh, this was what had to happen for Spider Man. He has to always be sort of alone. Like he can uh. never truly be. Uh, he never feels safe or comfortable. That's sort of the Spider-Man way. But um, I, I think Andrew Garfield's just, – just to throw him out of the running and then what I'd like to do is sort of just mm-hmm. go through the history of Spider-Man in television and film mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll, we'll take a break and get to our smackdown between the two. Sounds good. Uh, Andrew Garfield is – like he was too cool as, as Peter Parker. He's skateboarding around school. He comes off more douchey. Than he does as like an awkward kid who doesn't fit in. And now he has all these mm-hmm. amazing superpowers, which you would think would solve problems, but it just makes him fit in less. And that's like the heart of Spider-Man. And Tobey Maguire, his version of Spider-Man had the least friends of any Spider-Man to date. Would you agree with that? That is true, but only because uh <laughs> Tom Holland beats him with like two friends. But Tom Holland has, and we'll get to this. Save it, save it. Oh, Mark. all right. Well, the one thing we can agree on right now is that douchey Andrew Garfield gets eliminated. No, no. You want to hold on to him? No, I don't want to hold on to him. I do not want to say douchey Andrew Garfield. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. His version of Peter Parker was a douche. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Do yeah, spider douche. We don't spider want, douche. No, we don't want spider douche. No, we do not. No. So uh, let's go all the way back to the original Spider-Man animated series. You remember yeah. that that series? I mean, it was in syndication by the time we were uh, old enough to watch sure, it. Sure, late sure. 60s, like right after Spider-Man was invented. Yes, yes. So this is this is where the iconic Spider-Man theme song comes from um, that everybody knows that is like <laughs> – it's in terms of like a character having a song endure as part of uh, his legacy and his theme, I think that song combined with Spider-Man has lasted longer than any other because the Superman – theme from the 50s faded away when when or you know john williams right his march took over but that was paul souls who did his voice and it's very like it's almost like a paint by numbers cartoon it's like oh spider-man i'm gonna beat you up because i'm a bad guy and then he (laughs) i'm spider-man i've got to stop him but i also sound like i'm 40 um so which though spider-man has also always had kind of a like Sort of an announcery kind of voice. Back then, that's what announcers sounded like. Nowadays, this is what announcers sound like. So he's always had that. Like he should always. He's always sounded like a character selling you jeans, whether it's the jeans of 1969 or these, or 
Say, you guys want to get some jeans? Only $40 at the Gap. <laughs> so now, Spider-Man, if you had that announcer voice, would sound like a Mountain Dew commercial. That's what you're saying. <laughs> He's selling Code Red. I'm swinging it with some Code Red. This webbing is going to give you extra energy. Red Bull. Here you go, kid. You can go back to your mom now. I'll do the fighting. <laughs> hey, Doc Ock, you look kind of tired. Do the do. All right, so, but Paul, <laughs> dear Paul Souls is not winning, although he was the first no. Saturday morning Spider-Man that we had. So, um, I'd like to say something, though, giving another shout-out to that Spider-Man theme song. Go ahead. And another shout-out to the new Tom Holland version. It uses that music in the movie as sort of epic sweeping music. That theme song pops in, which is way better than his fight with Electro, where they played, no kidding, the Itsy Bitsy Spider. <laughs> That's right, they did. But in uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, I think it's Chad Kroger or whoever mm-hmm. whoever uh, does the, the theme from that, he's singing a version of that song in the street as a busker. He's like, he acts uh, like a spider and he swings around. It's it's not great. And then at the end of the credits, they play it. But, uh, okay. So this, this next <laughs> one, I'm only mentioning, I'm only mentioning this because Ken said, please mention this. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Rene Aubergenois in the Spider-Man LP from Beyond the Grave. That was in 1972. It was a radio play, but he calls it a rock comic. I've listened to a, a couple moments of it because he's played it to me over the phone, which mm-hmm. means it sounds like this. Hey, it's me, Spider-Man, and I got a great <laughs> But you Ken played it. I've I've listened to the whole thing with Ken in the car. Um, what was that like? It was <laughs> <laughs> the the way that you said that was amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's hilarious. It's fantastic, and you get sucked in beyond the ridiculousness of it very quickly. Right? Because look, all of this stuff. If you step back, it's like. Yeah, it's comic book stuff, man. Let it be a movie. Let it be a, a radio comic. Why not? Yeah, you know what well, I mean? Spider-Man so, works in all mediums except for Broadway where people die. I loved the Broadway show. We're going to talk about that. This was not on our research by Kate McManus. I know. I told her to leave it off. Like, Why did you tell her to leave it off? Because come on, man. I know you're not the biggest fan of the comics, but. The whole arachne and all of that. Look, uh, all right. You know what? While we're on this little tangent, let me say, it, I know it's not on the list. And speak out. I'm oh, going to give you I the mic. Believe, I'm backing I, away. I can't believe it was it was you. You break my heart, Hal. You break my heart. Oh, uh, no. Here is here is why the musical was a train wreck. Uh, it's because. <laughs> <laughs> not what I expect, not what you expected me to say, was it? No, I'm very excited now. <laughs> I'm very engaged. You've engaged your audience. Um, apparently, and I, I went down an, an internet rabbit hole of first person accounts in the form of emails and, uh, text messages, mostly emails that were flying around during the production process of that play. And it was, uh, I think Julie Taymor is a brilliant director. She is amazing and she has done some incredible work, but you can't give a world-class director free reign on a play 
Uh, it's got to be reined in by a little bit of pop culture. She's a theater person, and this is a pop culture show. So this is a. I encourage all of the listeners to go online and try and find these emails between Bono and the Edge and the producers and all of these guys going. I don't know what's going on with this crazy theater lady, but uh, she wants us to do, make it all about Arachne and uh, ancient Greece. But we thought we were doing a Spider-Man musical. These are. Oh man, it was. That said, the performers were fantastic. It was a great time. Uh, Reeve Carney was an excellent Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do not think it will win, unfortunately. Yes. Thanks to the, uh, the hard work of an amazing theater director trying to turn a Spider-Man story into something it is not, which is huge high drama of operatic proportions on a Broadway stage. That is my soapbox. I will step off of it. Okay. So now you're happy because we mentioned the awful Broadway show and Ken's happy. It was fun and everyone's nice. You said it was a train wreck. I'm going with that. It was fun. It was a fun train wreck. I'll tell you this. It was like going to watch hockey because when I went and saw it, uh, (laughs) I was really excited when they had to stop the show because Arachne and Peter Parker got twisted up together. No one got hurt. But they got twi- their cables got twisted up together and they had to turn on the house lights and bring someone out with a ladder to disattach them. Yeah, it sounds like a great show when your favorite part was when it failed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that and the rock comic, they're gone. All right. So I'm sorry, Carney Wilt. What is his name? I'm sorry. It's Rene Aubergenoir. No, no. Rene Aubergenoir. No, from the Broadway show. Reef Carney. Reef Carney, not Carney Wilson. Okay. No. Uh, Danny Seagrin is up next, who played Spidey in the Spidey Super Stories. Um, yeah. And this doesn't. Was- talk though no he doesn't talk he has thought bubbles he fights a bunch of minor criminals and it's all about teaching kids to follow rules and behave um but he also i believe this is the version of spidey that appeared uh in the electric company not the it best is. spidey but that was my original exposure to him was in those early electric company uh episodes that i mm-hmm. watched at a very young age those yeah those were some of my first memories are of watching that version of spider-man And that was the reason I had a Spider-Man action figure that I played with on the floor of my grandparents' house, one of my earliest memories. So the Electric Company Spider-Man will always have a place in my heart. Yes, although I do – my memory of it, because I haven't seen it in years, was he was always sneaking into somebody's house through the window. (laughs) In the the week that Spider-Man's been released, I've mentioned this. I think it, it, on recordings no less than three or four times, but it's it bears repeating here. Just it's like the I don't know how I thought at a young age. Like I knew people weren't supposed to come through the window of your house that those were bad guys, but it was okay when Spider-Man <laughs> did it, which seems like a recipe for something terrible if the wrong person got the, got hold of that costume. But, oh yeah. If someone was like, "Oh sure, this must be Spider-Man. He's wearing the Spider-Man outfit." Come on in. Oh, I see you brought a sack. Do you have presents for me? Why are you punching me in the face? I'm knocked out now. I just woke up and all of my things are gone, plus my kidneys. Thanks, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> That's the Batman music I threw in there. Yeah, you really did. I, I enjoyed that. Oh, another guy came through the window in a Batman outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's squatting and I've lost my home. Uh, all right. Let's move on to Nicholas Hammond, who did mm-hmm. the live action Spider-Man in the late 70s. Nicholas Hammond, who I had to check on this, was yeah. 27 when he made this show. Now, normally... When they're casting someone in their late 20s to play Spider-Man, they do it with someone who, you know, well, I guess mid-20s, maybe Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And try and they get guys who look on the younger side. Sure. Uh Hammond, at 27, looks like he's about 42. 
He looks like James Garner. <laughs> like, it looks like the Spider-Man Rockford Files. <laughs> like, what is he? Why is Spider-Man wearing a tweed blazer? <laughs> the, the toughest task that Spider-Man has in that series is getting over that first divorce. <laughs> I gotta find a way to relate to my kid again. Also, oh, Spider Man. What is up with that Spider Man? <laughs> I don't. All know. right. I, uh, yeah, that was the seventies. Though, like th- that was, I think, a rush to get. There's, there's some terrible Captain America stuff from that same time where he oh, yeah. wears a giant motorcycle helmet that's painted to look like Captain America's cowl, Fantastic. and his shield is partially clear. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, the, Nicholas Hammond not going to win. Although you, if you want to see his picture, go to the We Got This Facebook group and you'll see he's uh, to the <laughs> left of the gallery of Spider-Man that, or that is the group picture. So let's move into animated. These next few are animated. We've got Shinji Todo, uh, who played Spider-Man in an animated series that was produced in Japan. Uh, right. I, I'm not familiar with his work, but I know he's not either of the two people who who we've elected as finalists, yeah. so we don't need to talk too much about him. Nope, I'm adding commas in all of this section instead of periods. Yes, uh, same for Ted Schwartz. But okay. Dan Gilvezan, I want to talk about. I probably said his name wrong. He Why'd was, you make me use a period now? <laughs> he was the voice of Spider-Man in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, which aired from 1981 to 83, uh, and I watched as a little kid. That's Spider-Man right. living with Bobby Drake, who is Iceman, and Firestar, who I think was created for the animated series, but got a comic book later. So they all live in a house with Aunt May and their, their precocious dog. <laughs> and when Aunt May leaves to get groceries, somebody like the juggernaut or Kingpin or somebody shows up and then they hit a switch. And here's the thing. Spider-Man's supposed to be poor, but he hits a switch and then every screen like flips over and there's computers and flat screens everywhere. So all of a sudden their Aunt May's house has been turned into like a high tech fortress. <laughs> and Aunt May knows or does not know. Does not know. She's Aunt May is the stupidest character in in cartoons from this so, series. Yeah, is is Aunt May permanently but because look, when she's talking to Toby Maguire Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2, yeah. Aunt May knows that he's Spider-Man. Yes. Yes, there are there are certainly versions in these uh, television shows and films where Aunt May knows that he's Spider-Man because she's not dumb and she's either chosen to look the other way or they have to deal with the fallout from that. But this is the dumb version of Aunt May. <laughs> can't figure out. She's like, well, I hear beeping coming from the house. I wonder what that is. And then she walks in and everything's fine. She's like, I guess I'm just senile. So there's no. Like, it's Granny from Sylvester and Tweety cartoons. Exactly. She's too busy trying to protect her pet bird <laughs> to notice that there are three superheroes living in their house, including one that can make ice appear. That's fine. Um, then let's, let's do, we'll, we'll round out the animated, uh, Spider-Man. We have a series of people who have played Spider-Man in animated form. There's mm-hmm. Christopher Daniel Barnes, uh, who you may know best, uh, in the live action Brady Bunch films as Greg Brady. Um, he had a really, he was, he had a good run as Spider-Man in the nineties, like 94 to 98. Uh, Reno Romano played Spider-Man in Spider-Man Unlimited. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris has played Spider-Man in animated form. Josh Keaton, uh, Drake Bell is playing him right now in Ultimate Spider-Man, which is actually a pretty good, uh, series that I suggest you watch and that I've auditioned for countless times and never been cast in. So I have a bit of a grudge <laughs> with it, but also Hope Springs Eternal. And I, and I do enjoy watching it. It's got a, uh, sort of a keen eye 
it's it's Brian Michael uh, Bendis, who is a well-known comics writer and sort of part of the the brain trust at at the MCU and and Marvel Studios, uh, sort of helps supervise it. So it stays true to a lot of the comic book stuff and is very meta and self-referential and smarter than you would expect it to be. So I I highly recommend it, but he's not going to win. No. Okay. So I've gone through the <laughs> – And Andrew Garfield's not going to win. So we've got our two. Oh, and also ju- just because I know I know it's going to come up, we're not covering Spider-Gwen nor are we covering Miles Morales who is another Spider-Man. Uh, that is Donald Glover, Ultimate Spider-Man. That is Donald Glover, Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, and there is a reference in the new Spider-Man movie to Miles Morales, uh, but I will not tell you what it is. And I will tell you, tell you that he does not appear just because I don't want to get into spoilers. Obviously, the film is still fresh. And but you literally just gave a spoiler saying he does not appear. Actually, you gave a, a disappointment spoiler. Yeah. What's an anti-spoiler? It's like, hey, you guys that think this thing may happen. Oh, it's a, fre- your, it's a freshener. Your, is that what that's I called? I freshened the film for you, yeah. You're welcome. Wait, did you just make that up or is this an internet thing I don't know about? I made it up, but the point All is right. I said it with authority. So now you yeah. So, uh, but I'm just saying we're only dealing with Peter Parker, like the classic traditional right. original Spider-Man, because that's the one that's gotten the most treatment in television and film. And that's also the focus of the new Spider-Man Homecoming. They included Peter Parker in the MCU, but not yet Miles Morales. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we have some criteria, which we will use to break down these individuals uh, who have played the most iconic pinnacle of the Marvel Universe. Hello, Amita Patel. Hello, Sean David Johnson. What's going on? I think a friend of mine may have chronic pop culture deficiency syndrome. Oh, no. PCDS? What are the symptoms? Well, she doesn't know Wakanda from Westeros. Shameful. And she keeps confusing Aziz Ansari and Riz Ahmed. Oh my gosh, so sad. Kind of racist too, but what did you tell her to do? I told her to listen to our podcast, Inside Pop, of course. Fantastic idea. A weekly dose of Inside Pop will help anyone discover the best in TV, film, and music. Suffer from PCDS no more. Inside Pop has you covered every Wednesday on Max Fun. How many times has this happened to you? Oh man, if only I knew whether it was better to be too hot or too cold, or who the best James Bond was, that girl would have gone out with me. Now you can with We Got This With Mark and Hal, the podcast from MaximumFun.org every Tuesday. Hey, Lois, it's Joey. The best James Bond was Daniel Craig, and it's better to be too cold than too hot. Thanks, We Got This With Mark and Hal. Only on MaximumFun.org, or wherever you get fine podcasts. And we're back. This is it. This is the Spider-Man Smackdown. That's the, right. The War of the Web Slingers. It is Tom Holland versus Tobey Maguire. Either of those Brits? Uh, one of them. <laughs> Tom Holland's a Brit, right? Right. Yes, he is. All right. So we have our winner, Tobey Maguire, no. USA number one. Hold on. Hold hmm. on. That is not the case at all. All right. I want to dig in. So, so Tobey Maguire kicked off the uh, the successful version of Spider-Man in film. Right. Um, he's And arguably had the best Spider-Man movie of all time and arguably the best superhero movie of all time. Really? Uh, 
Not arguably because we've already determined the best superhero movie, but it was. Rem- Do you remember this episode? Oh. It was right down to the end on our you list. You wanted Spider Man Two to get in there. Spider Man Two. I is did. Good. It's very good. Oh, I, like I think it's wonderful, and I like. I can't believe I said arguably the best. It's. I apologize, listeners. Nothing is arguably the best anymore. There's no argument. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> it's arguably the best until we tell you what's the best, and that is right. not up for discussion anymore. I'm sorry. I forget things. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the internet. Okay. Oh, okay. So why don't you lay out your criteria? Because I have a strong case for both Spider-Men, but I, I want to hear how you want to break them down. So we have three categories. Is that right? All right. Uh, that is correct. We have one that uh, is a clear, quick one that I can just get out of the way right now. That is Spidey Sense. Uh, and I think Tobey Maguire wins that because he can shoot webs. Uh, Wait, now, hold on a second. First of all, you don't know what Spidey Sense is. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, spidiness. I, Spidey sense is the is the slow mo. Spidiness. I actually think that is a strike against him. But really, also, yes, because he doesn't have organic web shooters in the comics. The whole point of Peter Parker is that he is a genius kid who is able to devise web shooters for himself. So in that way, the Tom Holland Spider Man is actually uh, preferable. I think he is a better a better version of Spider Man. All right, from a character perspective. Uh, I'll buy that for a nickel. Okay. Uh, so we're eliminating that one. Uh, so it. <laughs> you want to do costume? Yeah. So uh, well, let me let me break down the Goodbye. the list Break as we down. have. Uh, one, the disguise, the outfit, the suit, the costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we look at Peter Parker in three different ways. Peter Parker and his relationship to his school, yep. Peter Parker and his relationship to his inner circle, and Peter Parker and his relationship to New York City. And then finally, we look at Spider-Man. Okay. So let's begin easy with the suit. Okay. I, I think it's fair to say that the Tom mm-hmm. Holland version of Spider-Man has the better suit of the two. Not that the Tobey Maguire one is bad, but if you right. look at the comics, even though there are some changes to it, uh, Tom Holland's is closest to a version of the suit in terms of brighter colors uh, mm-hmm. and, and the way the eyes articulate. That's huge. The eyes articulating is maybe the biggest. It's amazing. It over the top. So I, I, and also looking at it from the outside, the eyes articulating is amazing. From the inside, from Spider-Man's point of view, that he has that sort of uh, Iron Man vision. Yes. Because it's Stark Industries made the suit. Yes, Absolutely. But, and the, did I just spoil something or did we know that? No, no, from, no. We know that from, right. from Civil War that, that, that Tony made the suit for him. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the, the things that the suit does in the film in Homecoming are pretty much all things that the suit has done in the comic books. So mm-hmm. it's really cool to see that. And even his homemade version of the suit that you see in Civil War when he's in the YouTube videos, even that is from a more modern version of the comic book where you see like his first attempt at a suit. One of his early attempts where he's wearing the hoodie and pajamas, even that is faithful to Marvel Comics. So it, it works for people who are not as familiar, but for people who are fans, it's like a payoff. It's something that you have wanted to see. And also the spider is smaller on his chest in this. And I like that. It's more it doesn't have the like super long death murder spider legs. Exactly. Like the spider from Toby Maguire's suit. Uh, looks a bit like it should be on the front of the bass drum of a metal band. <laughs> the spoiler. <laughs> uh, and there's something beautiful about the simplicity of the new suit, too. Not as much of the ribbing and the piping on it. 
yeah, I like it. Yeah, it feels like his actual suit, and it functions well. All right. the, it, it has function to it as well, which you will see in the movie. So Tom Holland uh, wins for the suit. Correct. Uh, now let's take a look at each uh, each portrayal of Peter Parker. Peter Parker is arguably more important than Spider-Man in the stories in the or in the at least in the movies. Yep. Um, because Spider when Spider-Man's on screen, it's mostly just uh, lots of aerial shots. True. Um, so let's let's start with Peter Parker and his relationship to his school. Okay. Um, again, uh, what, tell me who you would give the edge to, and then I'll I'll tell you what I think. I would give the edge in this one to. Uh, I would give the edge in this. I, I, when I say school, I guess that means broader society. I'll give the edge in this one to the to Tom Holland because his version of Peter Parker is the kid that would mo- be most excited about being Spider Man. Yeah, he's a you know what I mean. He's not. This is a ki- at all. No. And he doesn't know. How and and also, well, also just his fandoms like yep. the guys, the, the guys aren't stupid that made this character. They created, hey, what if a fan became Spider-Man? Right. And, you know, one of the first things that he does in the movie, I'm not spoiling much, uh, is make a Lego, uh, a Lego. Was it Death Star? Yes. Yeah. So any kid that's going to make a Lego Death Star is the kid that's going to be excited to become Spider-Man. Yeah. So his fandom and the fact that Marvel has created a fan as Spider-Man uh, ha- gives him built in this inner circle of uh, like-minded people, his best friend, um, the sort of aloof girl that they know, uh, his his full team of of science people. And also the school he goes to looks like Hogwarts. Yes. Yeah. He goes to a science uh, and technology yeah. school. Uh, so it's it, I like the society that's been created in this version of it. It feels more real than Toby McGuire's version, which is look at this outcast. Let's make him like really nerdy science things in kind of a general way. Yes. Yes. You, and we don't have to relive the origin story again, which which has been recounted countless times. Right. But the other advantage that Tom Holland Spider-Man has is he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So he's in a mm-hmm. world where other superheroes exist and he has to figure out his place in that world, which is always a struggle that Peter Parker's had as Spider-Man. I mean, the first the first Amazing Spider-Man comic. The cover mm-hmm. is him in the Baxter building surrounded by the Fantastic Four because he's broken in to try and join them because he thinks it's a paying job. So he just doesn't he, – he's trying to figure out his place as a superhero, but he also has to make money because he's a poor teenager and mm-hmm. his family doesn't have much. And I think they capture that way better. Plus in the McGuire movies, which are great, and I love I love Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. I know some people – I think he's uh, have said it's a little bit too bland, but I think he's it's a little great. dull. But I think that that works for I think it worked mm-hmm. for for those films. Is he's very quickly out of school, so by the time we get to the third movie, he's not even in college anymore. He's just an adult living on his own. This, yeah, where he's the uh, by this point, he's the 1970s live action version. Exactly, he was one movie away from Spider Man <laughs> colon retirement. <laughs> but uh, I think that. Uh, this was this homecoming is just his sophomore year of high school. So we're going to see Mm -hmm. him learn to mature, not only as a hero, but as a young man. And I think it's a little bit of Harry Potter. Totally. Yes. But imagine he's the only one with magical powers in his school. Right. 
Well, it is a bit like Hogwarts. Wow, I'm just now realizing these odd little parallels. <laughs> you guys. Let me tell you how it works. So so there you go. So uh, All right. Tom Holland wins again. And Tom Holland wins in uh, Peter Parker and his relationship to uh, school. Yes. Uh, now let's look at Peter Parker and his relationship to his inner circle. Okay. Uh, and who would you describe it? Because they have different inner circles. Well, Aunt May is always in the inner circle. Of course. And Aunt May, uh, cool. Shout out to cool new Aunt May, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, she's fantastic. Now, ants are cool and young now, uh, as is shown in this. And older, older Aunt Mays and Rosemary Harris was great in the Sam Raimi films. I'm not taking anything away from her, nor am I taking away from Sally Field, who did it with Andrew Garfield. Right. But the idea that this teenage boy has an aunt not a great aunt, but an aunt who is like 80, 70 or 80 mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. The fact that he has an aunt that's closer to the age of, of what one of his parents would be, that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. So that, it, again, this is just a film choice. It makes sense even though like my father was like, no, I like Aunt May with the white hair and the bun and she looks like a little librarian. But this, this makes more sense mm-hmm. and she's a, like – the relationship is is there. It is a parent-child relationship. She seems a little smarter than normal Aunt May's. But I, th- I think what puts this over the edge for Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man mm-hmm. is his best friend, Ned. Absolutely. Um, this new – this is, is he new in this movie? Is he in the he's not comic in books? Any other movies, he is in the comic books, but he's never been put on film before. I think he's a friend of Miles Morales' Spider-Man. I may be wrong, uh-huh. but he does exist in the comic book world. Now, if Peter is a nerd, this guy is king of the nerds. Yes. He is – this guy knows everything. His One of the most fun things about this movie is – if you think it's cool that Tom Holland's version of Peter Parker is really excited to be a superhero, this guy is so excited to know a superhero, yes. and it is infectious fun in this movie. Yes, yeah. it's. I like that they reveal that in the trailer. Like, you know in the trailer mm-hmm. that his best friend Ned knows that he's Spider-Man, but where yeah. they go with that is so, so fun, so well done, so fun, and it, it mm-hmm. makes sense. So it gives him an inner circle that he didn't have before because if you think about it, the Tobey Maguire version, he had Mary Jane, um, mm-hmm. and he had uh, um, uh, Osborne, his buddy. Oh my God, why can't I remember his name? Not Norman Osborne, you know, uh, Harry. <laughs> yes, Harry Osborne. Thank you, my goodness. Yeah, but this is, and that was played by James Franco. Yes, played by James Franco. Played well by James Franco, but yeah, you, you, he couldn't really be close to any of them. Nobody in his circle knew who he was except Mary Jane by the end. Of the and Mary Jane, yeah, knew at the end of the second movie. Um, but yeah, I know I, that makes sense that for him to have someone to bounce off of. Yes. Uh, it makes a difference. And if, even though he's alone, it, in a way, it makes him more grounded. In a way, it makes him more alone because not even a yeah. person who knows a secret can really understand the responsibility that he has. Uh, wow. Tom is cleaning up. Yeah. Let's keep going. What do you got next? Um, though I think this one hands down has to go to Toby Maguire. Interesting. Let's hear it. Uh, and this is the relationship between Peter Parker and New York City. Okay. And that is because specifically of the subway train, uh, passing him over like he's Jesus. The whole town agrees not to tell anyone that, he, that Peter Parker 
the he's a kid he's the same age as my son uh is they reveal they do not reveal his identity new york loves the toby mcguire version of peter parker now without giving away anything from the new movie do you think that this new version of peter parker can have the same relationship has as has as solid a relationship with the hometown he's protecting as toby mcguire does um, I, th- I think so, but in a different way. Here's why. I think you, you get a lot of Peter's life in New York and he does mm-hmm. live like an everyday New York life. He has the stores mm-hmm. that he goes to. He knows his neighborhood. Uh, he even, you know, Spider-Man is a street level hero, which means he's more of a neighborhood guy than a, an entire city protector or an entire country protector. So you do get a feel for that. However, I do think that train sequence is, is, is a really well done sequence. And because of that, I, I'm willing to give relationship to New York City to Toby Maguire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's great about that sequence is they don't want to know who he is. They just realize he's a kid, that he's one mm-hmm. of them and them standing up together against Dr. Octopus is a pretty, it is a pretty powerful scene. It does, uh, make New York look like a great community full of people who will have each other's backs and that. So that is a love letter to New York. Uh, although I will say, so of course I'm going to be a fan of that. Yeah. And I don't think Tom Holland's version is, is any slouch either. I think you get a real no. sense of this is New York city where, and, and more particularly mm-hmm. he's in Queens for sure. His school oh, is in yeah. Midtown for sure. So, you know, you don't, you don't miss out on it, but in terms of an iconic New York moment, you got to give it to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah. And even Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man uh, had two iconic A New York moment before it even premiered. Do you remember this? You're talking about the... Uh, the original uh, poster. The Twin Towers. Yeah. In his, uh, in his eyepiece that they had... Yeah, I was working at Sony when all of that happened. Oof. So that was a, it was a rough time uh, for yeah. sure. But Spider-Man so, is New York for sure. Yeah, and which means that, you know, also giving this one, you have to give this one to Tobey Maguire because his movie came out as a love letter to New York, the first one. Yep. Um, at a very much needed time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So now let's look at Spider-Man himself. Who's got the cooler Spider-Man moves? The better Spider-Man lines, because Spider-Man always has fun, snarky lines. Yes. Uh, is it just technology that's going to give this one to Tom Holland because computers can make fight scenes more intricate now? No. And here's the thing. Spider-Man's played by a stuntman, right? And yes. And CGI in both cases. So what mm-hmm. really makes the difference here? There are certainly scenes where they act with the mask on. The, the difference mm-hmm. here comes down to the writing articulated eyes well, not, not not even the well yes the articulated <laughs> eyes but it comes down to the dialogue and the dialogue mm-hmm. goes to tom holland even if all you ever saw of him was civil war that is the spider-man that i've been waiting to see yeah for 40 years and the reason why is because he never shuts up and he doesn't shut up in homecoming <laughs> either he is there to fight he mixes it up he's snarky and like just a perfect version of Spider-Man because he's so excited to be there. He doesn't know how heroes conduct themselves. And, you know, the first time I remember Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man saying anything kind of snarky 
was like the middle of Spider-Man 2 where he shoots the webbing in Doc Ock's mouth and says, be quiet, mommy and daddy are talking. <laughs> and it seems like Tom Holland's snark is coming from a place of insecurity. Yes. Whereas Andrew Garfield's came from all swagger. Yes. Uh, Toby Maguire's came from, let's be honest, a script. Right. Um, Tom Holland's has a, he has a reason to, to talk like and this. He throws in these little things. Uh, in particular, I'm just looking at Civil War, which is the movie that almost mm-hmm. all of us have seen where, uh, Sp- Spider-Man's facing off with Captain America and, uh, Captain America says something that's predictable. I cannot remember the line. And Spider-Man says, Mr. Stark said you'd say that, which is the line that is written. But the way he delivers it is like, Mr. Mr. Stark said you'd say that. Gee, wow. And then he, and then he shoots the webs at him. It's those little things, those little hooks, mm-hmm. um, and handles that he puts on stuff that you go, Oh, well, that's Spider-Man. Of course, that's what he'd be like. And he hasn't cultivated his wit yet at this point. <laughs> He's a kid. So like you point out, it's nerves. He gets nervous and he talks. Yeah. Of course. Well, Hal, are you ready to are you ready to call this, this one? This is a quick episode, people of the world, yeah. but it's also kind of obvious. The the reason the main reason why, and there have been many talented actors, all of these actors who played Spider-Man were very talented in their own ways. But the there are a couple things that take Tom Holland over the top. One is he is age appropriate, so he looks like a kid. Uh, and he is a, a super talented actor, but also the title of the new Spider-Man film is a very appropriate title. It's Homecoming. Spider-Man has come home to the Marvel Cinematic Universe where he belongs. So he's handled with loving care by people who understand and pay reverence to the long history of the character of Spider-Man, while also not being afraid to slightly take it in new directions and sort of see where they can evolve the character. And if you have not seen Homecoming yet, I cannot recommend it strongly enough. Go see it in the theater. I saw it opening night. I may go see it right now after this recording. <laughs> I'm kind of talking myself into seeing it again and again and again. It, it's just – it is an achievement. And and if we were to redo Best Marvel Movie right now, and I will probably – we'll have to revisit it at some point because more films keep coming out. This is – way at the top if not the top wow all marvel well, cinematic universe films how that one is already asked and answered and it sounds like this one is it too sure is the answer is all right tom holland asked and answered well this topic is closed but there are many more topics to discuss so please reach out to us on twitter at we got this tweets or check out the maximum fun subreddit a flame war could be happening right now shoot us an email at we got this podcast at gmail.com or you can swing on over to our facebook group that's facebook.com podcast i think it was perfect thank you to producer ken plume the only person i know who loves the spider-man rock comic as much as mark does thank you to researcher kate mcmanus for putting together this list of spider-men for us to discuss thank you to graphic designer uri kelman and qa engineer jen alba and thank you as always to our musicians jonathan dinerstein and mike Furman for our score and theme song respectively and thank you to you our listeners with great power comes great responsibility and thank you for taking responsibility for us because we can't do it for ourselves we're a mess (laughs) thank you for listening thanks for letting us talk about spider-man with you for a little while uh for hal loveland i'm mark gagliardi Gagliardi, i'm hal loveland and don't worry everybody we We got got this. this we got this
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.